All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got the roll of dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. So in chapter 2 verse, the the first part of verse 2, he says we run this race, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And I mentioned uh, I give the example of Peter uh, stepping out of the boat and keeping his eyes on Jesus. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, he uh, he sank and he had to cry out to God in fear or to, to Jesus to save him. And uh, related to uh, our, our vacation, we took a few weeks ago uh, to Myrtle Beach and, and my wife like uh, loving dolphins. And we took this trip out on the ocean to see dolphins and when that boat took off, I could just she. I mean, she was really scared. She she was really nervous, and you could see the fear because she just sit there just stone faced and and she looked at me when the, that boat took off and it started hitting those waves. She's like, I don't like this. And but when we got out there on the ocean, uh, and she saw those dolphins. That that fear it was gone. And she just man, she had her phone. She's taking videos. She's taking pictures. She's walking from this side of the boat to the other side of the boat. And, you know, wherever the dolphins were, she forgot all about her fear. And that that, that when we're faced with life life's challenges and we go through trouble we're going through the valley and it's easy to take our eyes off jesus and and fear creeps into our lives especially when we're facing death i mean some people have these diseases that that are they're you know they've been given a life sentence you you have a week to live or you have a year to live or whatever but but, but to be honest we're all dying we're never promised tomorrow i could die in the next two minutes i can you know i, I could live for the next 20 to 30 years who knows when our time comes, but the book of Hebrews says it's pointing out a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. We're going to die. We're all dying. But here's the thing. When we get our eyes off of Jesus and, and uh, we look at these life troubles, these, these challenges that we, that we face and fear creeps in, we, we, we need to get back on focus. And that's what I want to encourage people to do is to, to keep their eyes on Jesus. Because look, just like my wife, when she saw those dolphins, and that fear was gone, buddy. I mean, she was all over that boat taking pictures and taking videos. When she saw those dolphins, that fear just was gone. When when we see Jesus and we put our attention on Jesus and we focus on Jesus, that fear is gone. Because the Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear. But he gave us a spirit of courage and, and a sound mind. And, and <clears throat> that's where it's at. We have to keep our focus on Jesus. And someday when we cross this finish line, all this junk in this life is going to be gone. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. We're going to be focused on God, and we're going to be focused on Jesus, and we're going to be with loved ones that have gone on before us. We're going to be with this crowd that went on before us who's been cheering us on. And you know what? We're going to be cheering other people on. We're going to be cheering them on to keep on going and not to give up the fight or the faith or the walk but to keep grinding we're going to be a part of that crowd that's cheering people on so that's the first part of, uh, of verse two and now i want to get into the second part of verse two and the hebrew author says he says we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus we run this race 
by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Then he says in, in the second part of verse 2, he says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. So Jesus kept his eyes on the prize. He, he knew that he was about to endure one of the most horrific, painful deaths a person can go through. And yet he could endure it because he also knew what was coming after it was all over with. A place of victory, a place of honor, sitting at the right hand of his father. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever seen uh, the movie The Passion uh, that came out several years ago. If you've never seen it, you need to see it. Um, that movie uh, shows us what the death of Jesus could have been like. And it, it's it's pretty brutal. It's rated R. It's so brutal. The beating that he took and the things that he went through. I mean, when you read the Bible and just see all this stuff that Jesus dealt with, his beard being ripped off his, his face and his crown of thorns, these big, huge thorns just crushing his head. The, the beating that he took, most people would have died from, just from the beating. They didn't even make it to the cross. And then when he's hanging on the cross and his flesh has been ripped off his backside and and he's he's sitting there, or not, he's standing there on the cross, he's hanging, and he's trying to breathe, and so he'd have to rub up against that, 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 that tree, that cross, and it would just gouge into his the flesh that's been ripped open on his back, and he's just trying to breathe would be so painful and we can't even fathom what what jesus went through <clears throat> matter of fact in isaiah or, uh, verse 52 uh, chapter 52 i forget the, the exact verse but isaiah says jesus was beaten so bad that we wouldn't even recognize who he was that's what jesus went through and and yet he went through it he, the bible even says that he could call legions of angels to rescue him he could have said no and when he was in the garden of gethsemane and he was there all alone because his di his disciples are over there asleep he's out there praying alone and he prays three different times that god would deliver him he says god father if there's another way that this can be done please do it and he, he's in his humanity and he's he, luke says that he's, he's sweating his sweat becomes drops of blood he's in such agony over about what he's about to suffer and so Jesus endured so much, but yet he did it because he, he knew what was going to take place afterwards. He would be sitting at the right hand of the Father in a place of power, in a place of authority, and he, he would be back with his Father and that we would have an opportunity to be where he is if we keep grinding. We have a similar promise, not to sit on a throne with the Father, but but to be in heaven with the Father and with Jesus and all of our loved ones who died in faith. In John 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus says this, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Because he had already told the disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And that's our hope. That, that, that is one of the promises that Jesus has given us. That he is coming back. 
whether you know whether we see it in our lifetime or whether we die and he comes back and, and, and the dead are raised first and those that are alive will be called up to be with with uh, with the Lord forever for eternity that's our hope and that's what encourages us to keep on keeping on just like Jesus he knew what he was about to go through he he knew what the prophets wrote about him he he knew the pain that he was about to suffer as he came into Jerusalem uh, riding that donkey and those people were singing his praises uh, and, and, and laying palm uh, branches down so the donkey could walk over it. And then by the end of the week, they're crying, crucify him. He, he knew all that before it ever happened. But yet he, he didn't say no. He said, yes, I'm willing to do this because I know this is the only way that these people can have their sins forgiven. I have to die. I have to be resurrected. I have to ascend back to the Father so that they can be filled with my Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that they can have the hope. And we have that hope. His name is Jesus. And so this is why the Hebrew author, he starts out by saying, be motivated by, uh, by the crowd to endure, to keep your eyes on Jesus. Look what we lose if we quit the race. We lose heaven. We would be. Who wants to spend an eternity in hell? And, and I, I don't believe. I believe there's a fire in hell, but I don't believe that's the worst part about hell. I, I think the worst part about hell, in my opinion, when Jesus talks about that worm dying not, I, I believe that we're gonna. If we spend eternity in hell and never having a chance to get out, I, I believe that we're gonna be spending eternity knowing that we had the opportunity to live for Jesus, to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we chose not to do so. Or we chose to walk away from the faith, and we, we chose to, to work from serving and walking with Jesus, and that's gonna eat us alive for eternity. Who would want that? Why would we not wanna choose heaven? Why would we not wanna choose the blood of Jesus Christ? Why would we not choose to be filled with God's Holy Spirit and to walk with Him on a daily basis? Because He is hope. And without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Who would reject hope? It makes no sense. But people do it every day. And so, the Hebrew author says, Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep grinding. Quitting is not an option. So we we got to toil, we got to work, we have to labor, we have to endure, we have to grind it. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus on a daily basis. And we do this by encouraging one another on a daily basis. We share our needs and we meet people's needs. And we share Jesus and we share that hope. What do we face in this life that can even compare to what what Jesus, God's very own son, went through. Nothing. There's nothing that can compare to what he went through. This guy, like I said a while ago, he had his beard ripped off his face. He's beaten so bad, people would have died from the beating and never made it to the cross. He has his crown of thorns shoved into his skull. He's mocked. He's made fun of by soldiers. and They put this robe on him. They humiliate him. They hung him outside of the town naked so the public could come by and and he's so humiliated and for six hours they watch him struggle to breathe until he took his last breath 
And then a soldier comes along, and instead of the, what they would do is break their legs so that they couldn't breathe anymore, and it would speed up the process. But with Jesus, they didn't do that. He had already died. And so they took a sword and they pierced his side. And John says, out come forth blood and water, showing that he was human. He was God in the flesh. And yet Jesus endured all of that for us so that we can have a place with him in heaven with the Father. Jesus absolutely knew exactly what it meant to grind it. And he will help us. He even promised us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am here for you always. Let's take a break. There's not a whole lot on my body that's not skedack. Just toast. Dink, dank, skedack, biff, banked. You name it, it's on there. We're going to uh, wrap up uh, this introduction to what grinded it's all about. And we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 through 3 and broken, broken it down. And, and just a re, uh, quick recap of that, we talked about how um, the Hebrew author has said that we have this crowd that surrounds us and, and they're cheering us on. <clears throat> and what happens is uh, these people, that the, 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 the readers of the book of Hebrews, they were leaving Christ. They were leaving the church and they were going back into Judaism where there is no hope. And Christ being our hope, uh, they're basically losing all hope. And so he writes this letter to encourage them to, to keep on grinding. And, and he says that we are surrounded by a crowd of witnesses. And, and he's talking about those people of Hebrews chapter 11 who've done all these things by faith. And he says these people have gone on before us and they are cheering us on to keep on grinding. And, and then he talks about how we are to strip off the weight that, that, that slows us down and and how we strip off that weight of sin, and that, that's what the weight is, is, is sin. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even after we're washed in the blood of Jesus, we continue to sin because that's just our nature, unfortunately. And But that's what makes uh, Jesus so special and the, His blood because His when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sins are washed away. And as we walk with Christ on a daily basis... His blood continues to wash our sins away. And since our sins are washed away, our weight then has been lifted and we are less likely to become weary and become tired. But let's face it, life is hard. Life is difficult and we get wore down. We, we can get bogged down pretty easily. And so we are to look to Jesus and to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus and to walk with Jesus so that his blood will continue to wash our sins away and our weight will be lighter. And then uh, he talked about how uh, the last part of verse 1, that we are to run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And and in that passage, we looked at Hebrews 10, uh, uh, where Jesus, uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, that we have a direct access to the throne of God. The, the veil of the temple was torn in two when Jesus died on the cross. And now that we have direct access to God and we, we, we can lift each other up in prayer and we can meet together and, and we can share our needs and we can help meet people's needs by various ways. And, and, and when we share our needs, we can pray uh, for one another. And then in verse 2, um, 
he says that we run this race by keeping our eyes on Jesus because Jesus is the champion who initiates, he started, and he perfects our faith. And we talked about how <clears throat> that uh, we're not alone. And we have all kinds of help. We have this crowd. We have angels. We have Jesus. And we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And I brought up the example of Peter stepping out of the boat. And, and when he took his eyes off Jesus, he, he sank. And and um, I, I used um, my wife as an example when we went on vacation and how she was fearful when, she was afraid that when we got out in, that, in the ocean and the waves was hitting the boat and it was kind of rocking the boat and, and she's not used to that. Uh, but when she saw those dolphins, all her fear just went away. And she was all over that boat taking pictures and video. And, 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 and that's basically what the Hebrew author is saying. He says we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And when we keep our eyes on Jesus, when we see Jesus, all of our fear goes away. And let's face it, I mean, we're faced with life's troubles and you're given a life sentence. We get this disease and we know death is imminent. But really, as I said earlier in another podcast, we're all dying. I mean, we're not promised tomorrow. So we're all dying. We're just dying in different ways. And we could be dead in the next five minutes, next two minutes, or we can live the next 20, 30 years. Who knows? Only God knows. But... <clears throat> We don't have to fear death because Jesus conquered death by the power of the resurrection. And so we keep our eyes on Jesus. And then at the end of verse 2, he says, uh, Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Uh, I, I had a, a, a pastor one time, I remember him saying, Don't threaten me with heaven. You know, and basically what he was saying was, I'm, I'm not scared to die because I know what's awaiting me when I, I reach the other side. I'm going to be in heaven for eternity with God the Father, with God the, Je with, with, with God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And with all those who have gone on before me, and I get to hear all these interesting stories that they have, and all the loved ones that have died in Christ, I get to be re reunited with them someday. And so that, that's what kept Jesus going. That's why he in, endured the cross. That's why he went through so much pain is because he knew once that was over that he was going to be seated at the right hand of his father and he's going to be back in heaven and he's going to be seated in a place of power and authority. And so that's, that is our hope and that's what we cling to. And that's what the Hebrew author said. We, we got to hold tight to that promise and God's promises are yes and amen. He's not like us. He... He doesn't say something and not follow through. God follows through with what he promises. They are yes and they are amen. He keeps his word. And so when when Jesus says something, we can bank on it. We it, 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 it It's a fact. It's going to happen and he will take care of us. And he says, we shared in the in last podcast, that he, he said, I'm making a place for you in my home. And if I'm making a place for you, I will come back. And so we might not see it in our lifetime. We may die before Jesus comes back. But if we die, hey, we get to go first. Because the dead in Christ arise first. And those who are alive and remain, they'll be caught up in the air. And they'll be with Jesus forever. And so then we come to verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 12. And this is the last verse of the introduction about grind it and what grind it's all about. And he says in verse 3, he says, Think 
of all the hostility that Jesus endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. Jesus did no wrong. He never sinned, which is just, don't even try to think about it, because it's mind-blowing. Jesus was 100% human, and he never sinned one time, because if he had sinned one time, he couldn't have died for our sins. He could not have been our once and for all sacrifice. He could not have made an atonement for our sins, if he had sinned, but he didn't. He did no wrong. He never sinned. And yet, he was crucified on a cross. As I said at the beginning uh, of the first podcast, life is hard. And sometimes it's not fair. A lot of times it's not fair. Sometimes we bring stuff into our lives by making poor choices and poor decisions. And we have to reap the consequences from those choices and those decisions. But sometimes we haven't done anything wrong. And yet someone or something comes along and, and, and it, they inflict pain on us. Not by our choice, not by anything we've done, but, but because of a, an outside influence, whatever that may be, a person, a thing, whatever. And the fact is we get tired and we grow weary. And when we get tired, we don't think correctly. Our response time is slower and we're not as alert. And far too often, people decide to give up they quit the walk they they put their faith to the side and they forget all about jesus and that's why the hebrew author he says hey think of all the hostility that jesus endured from sinful people i mean from the time jesus started his ministry at the age of 30 years old he was met with so much opposition He was met with opposition from people who were supposed to know who he was, who were supposed to be expecting his arrival. They have studied the scriptures. They they know the law and they know the prophets and they they know the Psalms. And and there's over 300 prophecies about the Messiah in the Old Testament. And these people, these Pharisees and Sadducees and these scribes, they, they should have known who Jesus was. But he didn't meet their expectations. They were expecting some king with power and who's going to deliver them from the Roman authority and and get them uh, out of their oppression. But this dude shows up in in, in a manger and and he's born in this this room full of animals because they couldn't even find a place to have a baby. And so somebody just happened to to let him stay in, in, in their barn or whatever you want to call it. And he's born in a manger. And the first people to uh, to even see him and announce his birth were shepherds. Shepherds were considered unclean. And it, and so when Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30, he he was met with opposition. He was called a devil. He he was called demon possessed. His own family didn't even believe him. His half brothers and sisters, they didn't believe in him. And when we study the book of John, we'll get into that. They later come around but even his own family didn't believe in him, except for his mom and his dad, if he was still alive at the time. But Jesus, these religious leaders, they, they opposed Jesus. They, they, they picked up stones many times to try to kill him. They, they wanted him dead, and they eventually got their way. And all Jesus did was help people. He healed people. He, he touched lepers. 
that you don't touch lepers. You you were to pass by on the other side of the road, and the lepers were supposed to holler, "Unclean, unclean." But he touched lepers. He opened blinded eyes. He he opened deaf ears. He done so many things for so many people that. Uh, John writes at the end of his book that Jesus did so much stuff that there you couldn't write enough books to tell all the good things that Jesus did. And yet he was still put on a cross for doing nothing wrong. And these religious leaders, these powerful people who should have known who Jesus was and should have welcomed him, they hated him. And they wanted him dead, and they got their way. And Jesus let it happen. He told Pilate, he said, dude, if, my, if this wasn't my father's will, there, there's nothing you could do. You have no power over me. I'll lay down my life for my sheep. I choose to do this, bro. You have no power over me. I'm doing this because I, I want my people to have a way to heaven. I choose to do this. I choose to go through this hostility. I choose to go through this pain that these people have inflicted on me. I choose to do this. I know what these people are thinking before they even think their thoughts. I know what's about to come out of their mouth before they ever even say a word. Because Jesus did that many times throughout the New Testament. He's God. He's God in the flesh. They have no control, even though they thought they did. They had no control. They had no authority. They had no power over Jesus. He willingly laid down his life for us. And those people thought they were doing something big. But yet they were going against the very God who they claimed to serve. You see, sometimes when life challenges come, it's not because of something we did. Even though we do make bad choices and we pay the consequences of those choices, Sometimes life challenges and hardships come because of outside influences. And they hurt. And we wonder, why in the crap are they doing this to us? Spreading rumors, spreading lies, making hurtful accusations, turning people against us. Just so many things that you can fill the blank in with. It happened to Jesus. And so the Hebrew author, he says, think of all the hostility that Jesus endured from sinful people and then you won't become weary and give up. That's a command. Don't forget about what Jesus went through. Think about what Jesus went through. And when you compare, or when we compare what we have been through and go through and will go through in this life, when we compare that to what Jesus went through, it's a light affliction. Look at the stuff that Paul went through. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians 10 or 2 Corinthians 12. It's somewhere in the book of 2 Corinthians in his letter. He talks about how he's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's, he's gone through all of this stuff that's almost killed him. And some claim that he even died and was resurrected too. But all this stuff that Paul went through, and he says, and then on top of all that, I have all the cares for the churches that he has started. He calls them light afflictions. Because 
there's nothing that we can face in this life that can compare to what Jesus went through on the cross. It just don't add up. It don't. It doesn't compare. And so the Hebrew author, he reminds us of that. He says, think about all that stuff that Jesus went through, and he did no wrong. People who should have loved him, who should have welcomed him, they chose to do that to, to Jesus, God's very own son. And so if God's very own son is not exempt from suffering, what makes you think that we should be? Because we're not. And that's... That, that's we have to endure. We have to hold on to our faith. We have to look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And, but far too often, people quit the walk. They, they, they put their faith to the side, and they forget about Jesus. And they get to the point where they can't take it anymore, and they lose hope. And, and unfortunately, they physically end their life. My dad did that when I was three years old. And I know what it's like to live with somebody who committed suicide. It, it, it's, it's very hard. It's very difficult. And if you ever reach that point, please reach out for help. Email me here at uh, grinditpodcast at gmail.com, and I will get in touch with you. I will get you some help. Um, or call a local pastor. Call 911. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Please. If you ever get to the point where you feel like you have no hope and you're going to take your own life, please get help. The Hebrew author tells his readers to think of everything that Jesus endured from other people. Why? Because when we think about what Jesus went through and what he endured and how he grinded, he kept going, we will be less likely to become weary and give up. Hey, we all have struggles. That's just being straight honest. We all have a story. We all have our own story. They all have different chapters. And they all have their, those stories are filled with different things. And they're filled with struggles. And we all have different challenges. And we all have pains. And we, we all have discouragement. And what we all can use is encouragement. And that is my goal here on Grinded. And that's what you're going to hear. Uh, in, in the podcast to come, we're going to look uh, starting out at the book of John and we're, we're really going to get to know who Jesus is because Jesus is the answer to anything that we face in this life. He is our hope and I really want us to get to know Jesus. And so we're going to look at the book of John. We're going to break it down and we are going to get to really know who Jesus is. He is our hope. I want us to find the joy of heaven and I want us to be living for Jesus so that when we take our last breath on this earth, we will enter into his presence where there will be no more tears, no more aches and pains, no more worries, no more disease, no nothing but contentment and happiness and joy as we worship our Lord and Savior for what he's done for us on Calvary's cross and what he did for us by walking out of that tomb and giving us hope and giving us the victory. We look to our champion, Jesus, in this life, even when difficult difficulties come and hardships come and life challenges come and trials come, do not lose hope. Do not grow weary. How? By keeping your eyes on Jesus. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. 
You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life, been grinding all my life.